Good morning, church. Welcome to maternity leave. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny, but it is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've been thinking on on this maternity leave and how y'all have been really kind to me when in the past I've delivered the messages and um, that's that's just really been a gift to me. So so thank you for that. Um, but it, but it also made me think of that thing that happens when you get into an elevator with somebody and um, a stranger will come on and you go hi how are you and uh, then you realize you don't have anything else to say to them and then you have like awkward silence for twelve more floors. So w- welcome to maternity leave. <laughs> um, but no, Lori gave me some advice on on how to prepare for speaking for several weeks in a row and. She said, Trent, the first thing that you need to do is you, you got to pick topics that you're really interested in that, that you want to talk on. And uh, she didn't say this, but the way I interpreted that was, um, I have the microphone so I can say whatever I want and you have to listen. <laughs> um, but no, uh, one thing I've been interested in is the, the Beatitudes and um, those words and the Beatitudes have had a pull on me for some time. And, and so I asked a few friends and some of y'all in the congregation, I said, what would y'all think if I did a short series on the Beatitudes? And you said, what are the Beatitudes? <laughs> um, <laughs> so y- y'all probably know them better as the blessed are the statements. And they were eight statements that Jesus used at the beginning of his ministry. And, and really, they were his first public words. And um, that was the first thing that got me jazzed about this, this potential for this series, is that they were Jesus' first public word. So here's the, the timeline. Um, he was baptized by John the Baptist, and then he went out into the wilderness, um, and he was tempted and resisted, and then he went and called his first disciples, and then he delivered his first and arguably his most lasting message, and he started that message with these eight Beatitudes, nine depending on which scholar you're listening to, but with these eight simple and powerful, but at the same time very complex statements. And I'm thinking about how they're Jesus's first public words. And so he had 30 some years to be thinking about what he wanted to communicate to the people to start. And I thought, man, I remember the first time I spoke publicly in my job. I remember I thought a lot about what I wanted to say. And I don't remember to this day what words I chose, or even really what the content was, but I still remember what I wanted to communicate to people. And um, some of y'all know that John Kent and I are planning on a um, outside the church, non-traditional worship service out in the community, and he's been thinking a lot about, and I've been thinking a lot about, when I first stand up in front of this new family, what do I want to say to them? What's the message I want them to hear? And I bet y'all do this too, Fathers, if you have daughters, I bet there's been some time in your life where you've thought about what you'll one day say uh, to the man that she chooses to marry. Maybe, again, not the specific words or the content, but what you'd want to communicate. And that's where we're going to start with these Beatitudes, is excitement that these were Jesus' first public words. And I think if we start there, we'll sit up and we'll perk our ears and we'll hang on every single word and really try to understand it. And the first word in uh, the Beatitude, well, next to me, let me read it to you. That would be a good place to start. Um, It's in Matthew 5, 9, and it is, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. 
Uh, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the first word we've got to understand is blessed. And this word blessed falls under the category of stuff Christians say. We say blessed. Um, we'll take a photo of our kids and um, we'll be feeling overwhelmed with gratitude and just, God, well, I don't know why I deserved for these beautiful children and this beautiful life that I get to live. And we post that picture and we say hashtag or I'm so blessed. And then maybe we're at the grocery store and we're talking with a, an especially friendly cashier or clerk. And you know that thing where you can kind of feel that somebody's got the spirit in them and, and you're speaking the same language somehow and you're just tied to them and you want to communicate to them somehow that, well, we're speaking the same love, language, loving on each other, loving on our neighbors. And you say, have a blessed day. And the way we use this word, it, it's not the way Jesus is using the word blessed in the Beatitudes, and it's different because he's saying things like, blessed are the poor, and blessed are those that mourn, blessed are those who are persecuted. He didn't say, blessed are those with beautiful families, or blessed are those that are kind to the clerk at H-E-B. This is where the, the Greek word for blessed uh, comes in pretty handy, and, and I'm not going to tell you the specific word because I can't pronounce it. Um, but, uh, but I will say the Greek people used uh, this word blessed when they described a specific island, the island of Cyprus um, in the Mediterranean. And the Greek people called Cyprus blessed. Um, a more simpler uh, translation would be blessed isle or the happy island. They called it blessed because um, it, it was so beautiful and so rich in its own natural resources that they believed that there would be no need to ever leave the island because it had everything it needed. So hear that word blessed and hear the blessed island and think about a place where you never have to leave and you have everything you need. The blessed island, blessed are the peacemakers. So the first word for us to understand is this word blessed, and we'll be hearing that through this um, four-week series. I'm not going to do all eight Beatitudes. Uh, I'm just going to do four of them, and I'm not going to go in order. Um, And the reason I'm not going to do any of that, you might be asking, is because I have the microphone, (laughs) and I can do what I want. Um, The second word for us to understand is peace. Um, Blessed are the peacemakers. And this is another word that I think either we don't think enough about or somehow we get the meaning of this word wrong. Um, when I say peace and, you, you might say love, you might say peace and joy, peace and quiet. When I say peace, you're thinking about your spa day. You're thinking about getting your nails done. You're thinking about soft, fuzzy things. You may be thinking about lambs jumping over a fence made out of cotton candy. Peace, soft and fuzzy and quiet. This was not the way the uh, the Jewish people used the word peace. The same way that um, we say to each other, hello and goodbye, the Jewish people said, shalom, peace. And what they weren't saying was soft and quiet to you. They weren't saying have an awesome spa day. They were saying something else. What they were doing is they were wishing completeness on people. 
They were wishing fullness on, on folks' lives. And what they were doing is they were wishing you the best that you could possibly have, and not the best that like your, your job can provide or the world can provide. They were wishing the best on people that only God can provide. And it was when I found this shalom peace and that greeting, this hello and goodbye to people, that I really started getting excited about blessed are the peacemakers. Because I was suddenly seeing peace not as a soft thing, but a strong and powerful thing. You see, peace is the confidence in a life-changing decision. Peace is that courage you have when you get a diagnosis and everything says that you should be terrified, but you have peace anyway. Peace is where there's violence and anger all around you and you feel like, God, I've, I've done everything I can do Peace is that trust you feel to let God do the rest. Peace is powerful. Peace is full. Peace is strong. And I thought, and I racked my brain, I wanted to tell you a really good um, story, an example of a, a peacemaker in the world. And I don't think I could tell you a good enough story to do better than this video I want to show you. Um, but let me set, set it up a little bit. Um, the guy in the video, his name is uh, Ken Wedike Jr. And to know a little bit about Ken, um, Ken was homeless as a youth um, throughout his high school years. And in order to fit in with his classmates, and he, he began running track. It was really the only thing in his life that made him feel like one of the rest of the, the crew. And running was a cheap sport. All he needed was a pair of tennis shoes. So he worked hard, he became really good at track, and he was disciplined in his studies, and ultimately he earned a, a scholarship to go to college, this homeless youth. And after school, he wanted to give back, and he started an organization with his wife called um, Superhero Events. And what Ken and his wife do at Superhero Events is they set up these themed races where they take the proceeds and give it to those in need. One example of that is this uh, race that happens in Los Angeles called the Hollywood Half Marathon. And people, they dress up like superheroes and they run a half marathon and all the proceeds go to the homeless youth in Los Angeles. And so a couple of years ago in Boston, when we had the bombing, this hit Ken really close to home. He didn't know what to do. Um... But all he knew to do was to print out a T-shirt that said free hugs and fly himself to Boston and hear this, in a place where people were expecting their, fearing the worst, Ken showed up in Boston and filled that space with peace. And in July, in Dallas, there was a shooting and Nine officers were shot, five were killed. And these just weren't police officers. These were men with families and brothers and sisters and um, members of their local communities, local churches. And Ken flew to Dallas for the vigil. And we'll watch this video, and as we watch it, we'll notice the, the fullness and the power of peace. 
I see I've seen you I've seen you hug videos. I've seen you hug videos. Yeah, yeah. I can go out just for this. Hey, if you want to pay my respect. Well, hey, I need a picture of hugging. Oh, for sure. Here we go. There we go. Free hugs.
the question becomes is how do we become peacemakers in a violent world? So I want to give us um, five quick things um, on how we can become peacemakers. And the first thing that we can do is we can worship. We can come to church and in our songs and our words and the way we interact with each other, um, we can worship God. And in that worship, we acknowledge that the more that we know, the more that we know that we don't know, and that he is so much bigger, God is so much bigger than we could ever imagine, and more in control than we could ever imagine. And in that worship also is the peace of freedom to know what is ours and what is God's. So first, we can worship And the second thing we can do to become peacemakers is to make peace with ourselves. Before we turn out into the world and try to make peace everywhere we go or turn to our neighbors and make peace in them, we have to make peace in our own hearts. There's this really risky thing that we can do, and it's a mindset that when I fall short of the glory of God in some way and in whatever aspect of our life, let's say I fall short at school, that I don't turn and go, well, it's the school's problem. Or when I fall short at work, I don't turn and immediately say, somebody needs to fix this company. Bee Creek United Methodist Church is a congregation full of imperfect people, and we're imperfect collectively, and we're imperfect individually. Here's a headline, you're going to screw up today. Um, Not this week, not next month, you're going to screw up today. I'm screwing up right now in some way. I'm not sure how, but I'm screwing up. Y'all are better than me. You're going to wait till you get to the parking lot. (laughs) And we know that we're imperfect, but sometimes it's hard for us to really hold on to it and understand it deep in our heart because it's not until that we can find peace in our imperfection, our flaws, our weaknesses, and even our gifts and how we're uniquely positioned in this world that we can ever think to turn and make peace in others. Then the third thing we can do, we can worship, we can find peace within ourselves. The third thing we can do is we can start with simple acts of kindness. We can walk around all week and think of ourselves as God's CPO, his chief peacemaking officer. And we can go out and collect moments of peace, like some of us are collecting Pokemon. I can see a clerk, like with a trainee badge on, and I can look at them and I can go, you're doing a great job, even though in the back of my head I'm going, you're not doing a great job. 
how do you like the job so far? We can let people cut in front of us in line in this grocery store. We can let people cut in front of us in line in traffic. We can be peacemaking officers in the world, simple acts of kindness. And then fourth, we can get involved. You heard Greg say in his prayer, the the world is full of all kinds of problems and violence and warring. And um, there's times where I feel like I'm just one guy and I know I don't have the gifts or the resources to tackle the world on my own. But I can get involved somehow. There's not much that I can do about the abuse and violence and hunger that's happening right now in Spicewood, but I can give to helping hands. I can volunteer my time. I can't make sure that there's not one child at Lake Travis ISD this year that's going to go without getting bullied But what I can do is I can stuff a backpack full of supplies and we can take them to the campus and bring a little bit of peace into that space. And Ken, Ken couldn't tackle the violence that caused the bombing in Boston and prevent that from happening again and can't prevent another shooting to happen to officers in Dallas because of racial um, violence. But he can go and give hugs and post a video and show people what it looks like when we respond, not with rhetoric, but we respond with peace. And fifthly, lastly, and most powerfully, we can pray. And I'm not just saying, God, please pray that there's peace. I'm talking about getting on our knees and begging God to get involved and praying expectantly that a word from him can stop even the most angry heart. I've told some of you that when we were down in San Antonio for the mission trip, um, there, were, there was some violence on the east side of San Antonio. You know how they say um, there were shootings across the tracks? Well, literally, there was a shooting one week on one side of the track, and the next week there'd be a retaliation, a shooting on the other side of the track. And the organization, Blueprint Ministries, did a really good job of keeping the leaders informed and keeping the youth safe, pulling them off of sites if we needed to. Where I was struck um, with this violence was the prayer of the camp director as we headed out one morning. There had been a shooting the day before. And in this room of a couple hundred youth and adult leaders, he said, God, I know right now there's somebody on the east side of San Antonio who's thinking about revenge, who's thinking about hate, who's thinking about taking action. God, please just open up their ears and let them hear a word of peace from you. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if somebody stopped. I don't know if the violence will stop. I don't know if I'll ever know. But what I know is that there were 200 people in that room who were praying expectantly for peace so we can pray there are things that we can do to become peacemakers in this world blessed are the peacemakers why why would we want to do this let's go back to our beatitude blessed are the peacemakers 
for they shall be called sons of God. Now, sons is the last word that we need to lean forward on and really understand. That word sons, when it was used in the Old Testament, was reserved for when the Bible was talking about angels or heavenly creatures. Let's go back to our beatitude. Fully and completely happy are those that step into a violent and angry world with the fullness and the power of peace. For they will be called heavenly creatures. Let's pray. God, we come before you today as a church family. And the first thing we want to do, God, is we want to worship. God, we recognize how big you are and as much as we try to act like we're in control, we know you have more control than we could ever imagine. And God, we pray for the presence of your peace in the world. We pray for peace in our schools and peace in our places of work and peace in our communities, peace in our relationships, and God, peace in our heart. And God, we know if peace is going to start anywhere, it's not going to come from me turning and pushing peace on someone else. It's going to come right inside of me. I know on my own I'm not enough. But through the work of your son, Jesus Christ, I am. God, we pray for peace today. Amen.